Thanks to our sponsors, the Modern Art Museum of Fort Worth in Fort Worth, Texas. This summer, The Modern is presenting Disappearing California circa 1970, an exhibition featuring works by artists Bassian Ader, Chris Burden, and Jack Goldstein. The exhibition, which is curated by Philip Kaiser, examines the shared common interests in themes of disappearance and self-effacement in the artist's work, which manifests in works that were daring and often dangerous. The show is on view through August 11th, and you can visit themodern.org for more information. Hello, and welcome to this week's Art Dirt. Uh, this is a podcast about topical art topics. I'm Christina Reese. And I'm Brandon Zek. So this week, what we're going to do, because it's summertime and people are in sort of full road trip mode, is we're going to cover some of our favorite uh, regional museums, off-the-beaten-path museums, museums outside of the major metropolitan areas of DFW, Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. Uh, and we'll kind of head out into all of the regions for you. And we just, we like these museums. These are nonprofits and institutions. These are not the university museums that are dotted all over the state because a lot of them are out of session right now. Uh, and they're not commercial spaces. They're, they are these cities and towns museums. Uh, and they have programming through the summer. And if you're on your way out of the state or on your way through the state, these are some nice places to visit for sure. We recommend them. Yeah, so we're going to jump right in. The way we're going to kind of think about this is moving west to east across Texas. So, you know, starting off, if you're heading west, going to New Mexico, going anywhere west of Texas, these are a few places where you can hit. So West Texas, you know, primarily your museums are and, and art places. First of all, I guess we should get this out of the way. Should we get Marfa out of the way? Brendan? Yeah, we should just get Marfa out of the way. I mean, it's a pilgrimage site for art people anyway. It's not as though you guys don't all know about it. But, I mean, not only does Ballroom Marfa always have a show up, but there's always Chinati, there's the Judd Foundation, There's there are galleries, there's stuff to do, there's art. There's art in Marfa. I think you guys know that. Yeah, we won't beat that horse. That horse is a little dead at this point. Well, you know, and we we do cover Marfa regularly. It's you know these institutions make our top five, and we do listings for all of them. So, um, but with that, I would like to jump over to the El Paso Museum of Art, which I love. And while the upstairs galleries are sh- closed for renovations for the summer, they still have three full blown shows on right now. Yeah, so right now there are, I would say, at least six shows up at the El Paso Museum of Art. Uh, There's a show of works by Tom Lee about World War II. There's uh, an exhibition of an AIDS memorial quilt, of course, the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. There's a show of paintings, uh, really weird kind of military future. They almost look like the video game Halo or, you know, some weird sort of Tron landscape thing from Antonio Castro. There's a show of works from the collection called Ideas Unwrapped that is 14 artworks from the permanent collection. And it's basically how objects are kind of combined into weird, awesome assemblages. One of the things we're going to talk about with basically all of these regional museums, and I'll kind of get this out of the way, even though I know we'll repeat it throughout, is that they have good collections of works. Mm -hmm. And they collect local works or, you know, local as in 
Texas and the surrounding areas. So you can go to a lot of these institutions and see some really amazing permanent collections that you might not see at larger institutions in the state. And going straight from that uh, topic, the Museum of Southwest in Midland is a charming uh museum that combines an older house of the philanthropist who started it and a newer section and they have a really nice permanent collection and they reinstalled their permanent collection about two years ago and did a really nice job and so moving uh east from there we've got the san angelo museum of fine arts and one thing that that particular museum is very well known for is it's is it's number one it's ceramic invitational uh which happens every two years which is up right now and through the summer and also just its permanent collection of ceramics it's very well known for this and respected throughout the U.S. for this, and it's absolutely worth a stop. And then continuing the trek east a little bit, we get up into the Panhandle because San Angelo and uh, Midland are kind of between what you would think of as West Texas, the Marfa El Paso area, and the Panhandle, which includes Lubbock and Amarillo. So getting up into the Panhandle, we have the Louise Hopkins Underwood Center for the Arts, which is a great nonprofit institution that they normally have about four shows up at a time. That's right. Uh, they've got a couple of really good shows up right now. One is Blake and Hannah Sanders. One is an Art Space 111 show, which is a nonprofit in Fort Worth. Those artists, that collective is showing up in uh, Luca right now. They always have good shows. Uh, so from Lubbock, if you just go about an hour north, you've got the, a relatively new nonprofit space. It's called Contemporary Art Museum's Plainview Camp, and there's a show opening this Saturday that I'm going to go to because right now I'm based in Lubbock, and it is Matthew Williams and the Dynamite Museum, which is going to be up, I would assume, through the summer, and is a, seems like a great summer show. And the Contemporary Art Museum Plainview was started by a Houston expat, Kelly Allison, who is actually from Plainview. Uh, so you'll see a lot of Houston connections at this museum. They've been around for maybe about two years at this point, and they've done a lot of Texas Mm -hmm. shows. It's one of those places, it's a really kind of weird, funky building. You know, it's kind of in the middle of downtown. And the response from people in the town, according to Kelly, has been really great and really supportive. And they're really happy to have this contemporary art museum in the middle of their panhandle town. Mm -hmm. That's right. Heading up from there, another hour or so in Canyon, Texas, is the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum. This is a museum that actually made Glass Tire's top five museums in Texas a few years ago. We just have to take a second and talk about how amazing the Panhandle Plains (laughs) Historical Museum is. I love it. It's just, they do have rotating exhibits, but I mean, it doesn't matter what the rotating exhibit is. Just go. Yeah, the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum, geez, the first time I went, I kind of didn't know what to expect. It's kind of like, I mean, it is, again, something that happens in these smaller museums within these smaller cities it blends the art and the science museum into one but because it's up in canyon and up in the panhandle it has this natural history component to it also um i kind of am a sucker for you know the firearm room where they have all of the vintage guns and things like that and they have a room of that but not only that they have an oil derrick and they have have, gyms, and they have antique cars, and they have a weird pioneer town in the basement. Yeah, let's get it. It's it's a life-size pioneer town. Actually, the basement 
Brandon, that's where all the taxidermy is. Oh, yes. There's the taxidermy yeah. also. It's really astonishing. <laughs> yeah, they have the art galleries upstairs, which have some really great modernist and also kind of rural Texas art. Uh, they actually have a really good collection. I've, I saw a show at the Witty Museum in San Antonio recently, and works from the Panhandle Plains were loaned to that collection. These are important works of kind of mid-century Texas art. Yeah, uh, Texas and New Mexico, because the Panhandle has such a kind of a a close relationship with New Mexico because of its proximity. There's a, you'll see a lot of New Mexico artists in that collection as well. But it's also, it serves as a teaching museum for A&M and Canyon. And um, so I think it's useful in that respect too, but it is, it's really charming. The building is charming. It, the whole experience is just really something else. When you go up from there into Amarillo, you have the Amarillo Museum of Art. One thing I really like about Amarillo Museum of Art is just the building. I like that good old 60s brutalist architecture, and it's a classic example of it. We've seen some good shows there, too. Yeah, we've seen shows of uh, local collections there. So the building also, it's it's kind of divided in the middle, so it distinctly has these two sides to it, and it's maybe three floors tall. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that you kind of don't suspect also in these smaller institutions is that they have really deep holdings of really specific things because, of course, it's regional collectors that end up giving to these museums. So, for example, the Amarillo Museum of Art has a pretty nice collection of um, Japanese woodcuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really gorgeous, actually. And there's a lot of... Uh kind of uh, Oceana Pacific art as well, um, upstairs, uh, permanent collection stuff. Let's swing back down into Texas. Let's start with the Grace Museum in Abilene. And Abilene is located between, kind of between the Panhandle and Dallas. So on your way back, swinging down from Oklahoma, going to Dallas. Right. Uh, It's really smack in the center of what would be the base of the Panhandle or the entrance to West Texas. And uh, right now they've got a couple of good shows up. One is a solo exhibition by Terry Hayes. One is um, some photographs by William Eggleston, which we put in a top five uh, called Jamaica Botanical. They have a solid set of programming. They've got a really nice um, permanent exhibit, which is basically what Texas homes uh, looked like through the decades. I think probably starting in the 1900s leading up to, I think, about the 1950s or 60s. And there's one room for each. It's very charming. It's um, it's always up. It's a very Disneyland carousel of the future type thing yeah it's it's sweet and it and it works but i mean but also we we like the grace because of of the the new and rotating exhibits that they have and the grace also one of the reasons we love the grace museum in abilene is because of the building that it's in which is this this is something we're going to be getting to maybe in some of these other places around texas that we mentioned but towns and cities have taken older buildings that are other things and repurpose them into art spaces. And of course, this happens everywhere. This happens in major cities in Texas also. But, you know, a lot of the Texas museums that we're familiar with are purposefully built and they they don't have any of the odd little charms of other buildings. So this Grace Museum building was originally the Grace Hotel built in 1909. And you can tell a little Mm -hmm. bit of that while you go through it. And upstairs in the offices, we actually got a peek behind the scenes and they still have the original 
you know, the original hotel doors with the little trap above the door to let the air come through. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. And they have also uh, a model of one of what the hotel rooms looked like when it was in its heyday, which is cool. Uh, speaking of reuse of great buildings and one of our very favorite art spaces in all of Texas, if you swing over 30 minutes toward the east, you get to Albany, Texas, and that is the Old Jail Art Center. It is in an old jail. It was one of the oldest, it's one of the oldest jails in Texas with its nice thick uh, walls, its whitewashed walls. This The Cell series is contemporary art that Patrick Kelly, the director, programs in this wonderful uh, series of contemporary art shows, solo shows by generally Texas artists. There is a newer part of the building, which is nice and expansive. They've got permanent collection. They also do other rotating contemporary shows uh, through those parts. And I can vouch right now, there's a show up through the summer by Rene Trevino called A New Codex. Uh, which is in the newer part of the building. But they also have Nick Bontrager and Bell Creek Allen, who just opened shows there as well, which should be up through the rest of the summer. I haven't seen those two yet. Uh, Old Jail has been consistently a great space for a long time. And this is another space that has a really good collection, pieces by local artists, but also pieces by nationally known artists. I saw a really great small stamp collage by Tony Fair the last time I was there. A great stove piece by Helen Altman. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they collect, they collect from the shows that they have. When I was there, there was a great Matthew Bourbon show in the cell and they were in the midst of uh, buying one of those paintings for the, uh, for the museum's collection. And this building, like you alluded to, may be the oldest building or building-turned-art space on our list. It was built in 1888 as the jail for Shackleford County and then became an art space about 100 years later. So let us swing out of West Texas and the Panhandle. Where are we going now, Brandon? We are going to East Texas. We're going to swing down. We're going to skip Dallas because you probably know the museums that are in Dallas. If you don't, you should check out our event listings. But before we do that, we're going to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. If you're traveling across Texas this summer and will be anywhere near the Modern Art Museum of Fort Worth, stop in to see their exhibition, Disappearing California Circa 1970, which features works by artists Bastian Ader, Chris Burden, and Jack Goldstein. This show, which is curated by Philip Kaiser, examines the shared common interest in themes of disappearance and self-effacement in the artist's works, which manifested in pieces that were daring and often dangerous. The show is on view through August 11th, and you can get more details at themodern.org. Again, it's on view right now through August 11th, 2019, and get more details at themodern.org. So we're back and we are travel logging across Texas. We're going down East Texas now, coming from the Old Jail Art Center in Albany, skipping Dallas, and coming down through East Texas, stopping first at the Tyler Museum of Art in Tyler, Texas. Woohoo! Good space. Good shows. Yeah, this space. I went on a trip to East Texas uh, last year and met Kayla Bell, who is the curator who's doing amazing shows out there. He's been giving solo shows to deserving Texas artists that haven't 
received solo shows at other institutions recently. I saw an amazing show of works by Helen Altman that I wrote about for Glass Tire. And Caleb has been on fire before that, but ever since also. Yeah, right now, I think through most of the summer, if not all of it, we've got work. We've got a show by Frank X. Tolbert. It's his, it's his Bird series, which is beautiful. And we have a show by Liz Ward up as well. So that is a really good stop. Highly recommended. In this space, it is kind of a big, just rectangular, simple space. They do have a collection. The museum does collect. However, they don't have a lot of it on view all the time. Uh, Caleb has done some collection shows since he's been in charge over there. But even even so, it's worth the drive through Tyler and Caleb might recommend a good barbecue spot if you ask him also. So near Tyler, we have the Longview Museum of Fine Arts. They actually just had a show that closed of photographs by Laura Wilson, Uh, but it's a storefront in the town. It's worth stopping by. Uh, There's the Museum of East Texas also, going down south into Lufkin. The Museum of East Texas building is kind of this really weird, amazing building. They have one very large gallery that kind of has temporary exhibition walls, uh, and they do shows in that, and they also have smaller, almost chapel-like spaces throughout the building that have more kind of centric or thematic installations of works. So then we are continuing to go south, but we're going a little east also, and we have two museums on your way out of Texas to Louisiana, First is the Art Museum of Southeast Texas, which is in Beaumont. Uh, I love the Art Museum of Southeast Texas. For a long time, Sarah Beth Wilson was doing amazing shows there. She went to Houston to work at Art League Houston, so now it is Mariah Rockefeller doing their exhibitions. Mariah is a great curator, and I'm really excited to see what she's doing because this museum has also been very much like... uh, Caleb has been doing at the Tyler Museum of Art. It's been a space that's been giving deserving Texas artists their first real big museum exhibitions. Yeah, Celia Eberle's retrospective was uh, in Beaumont at Amset. I like this museum. I like its programming. It's smart. It's been it's 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 smart use of its space. Uh, and and we're talking about you know some of the leading contemporary artists in Texas have been having shows there over recent years. And currently at the Art Museum of Southeast Texas is a permanent collection show, which I think is totally worth going to. So one of the things about this museum, kind of like the Tyler Museum, is they have two large exhibition spaces and no real exhibition space for permanent collection works normally, except they do have a hallway down the other side of the museum and then also a boardroom, community room type place where they normally hang works from the collection also. And I am always so pleased whenever I go to the Art Museum of Southeast Texas and I get to see the random pieces from the permanent collection that they have decided to hang up in this context because it's always unexpected. It's always a wealth of Texas artists and their permanent collection is really rocking. Yeah, John Alexander, Derek Bozier, Keith Carter, Dixie Friend Gay, Melissa Miller, Richard Stout. These are just some of the people that they've collected in recent years. If we go just a little bit east of that, right on the border is Orange, Texas and the Stark Museum. Yes, the Stark Museum is part of a larger Stark Foundation, but the museum itself, again, kind of has some 
weird collection areas. They have some great glasswork. They have amazing Native American textile weavings. Right now, they actually have an exhibition up of federal duck stamps, which are prints and related stamps that were produced for wetlands protection. You can always kind of count on the Stark for having interesting thematic pointed shows that other museums in Texas simply don't. The Stark Museum, considering it, its quality, is kind of not particularly well-known. I mentioned the Stark Museum to people in different parts of Texas, and they're not fully aware of it. I'll also use that point to say that there's, I mean, just a reminder, most Texans probably sort of know this, but some still probably don't, is there's tremendous wealth all over this state. And philanthropic families, going back generations, have settled all over the state and have had a huge hand in opening up these museums in these various regions. And the Stark Museum is certainly uh, part of that legacy. All right, so let's let's stay on the Texas Gulf Coast instead of heading into Louisiana, and let's go into Galveston. So, Galveston. Galveston has two really great art spaces. The first is the Galveston Art Center, which is curated now by Dennis Nance. Uh, Dennis took over for longtime, 25-year curator Clint Willauer. And again, we kind of on a theme in East Texas, but this is a space that gave many a Texas artist their first larger show. Clint really did that during his time at the Art Center, and Dennis is continuing to do that and maybe bringing in a little bit of a different crowd than Clint did. So there's been really good responses. We've picked a lot of their exhibitions to be on top fives for Glass Tire. We've written about a number of their shows, and Dennis is doing a really good job filling the three galleries that they have down there. And the other space, I assume you're talking about the residency? Mm-hmm. The Galveston Artist Residency is in, it's almost 10 years old. It's close enough at this point. And it is an 11-month-long residency that's given to three artists. So you get a studio, you get a place to work, and ultimately you have a residency show kind of showing what you've done in Galveston over 11 months. The people that run it are really great. They're is a third space in Galveston. Rising Tide Projects is a pop-up space that just opened recently, run by Dan Schmall and Jessica Nincy, part of an idea fund project. Maybe a little more off the beaten path, but it's really close to the Galveston Artist Residency also. If you go to the residency and ask them where it is, they'll probably show you the way. Yeah, that may be the newest uh, space on our list, actually. So let's head down. Let's keep going down. We're going to take a little bit of a dog leg to Victoria. Uh, definitely recommend this place. It's the Five Points Museum in Victoria, Texas. It's off the coast by, it looks like, about an hour, hour and a half. But it's absolutely worth it. Uh, right now, they have a show up by Mark Scrap Daddy Bradford. So if you're into... Scrap Daddy. Scrap Daddy. If you are into a kind of Mad Max, uh, Beyond Thunderdome, like tricking out the cars and the mechanics and the sort of uh, kinetic art into big beastly demonic coolness this is a show for you yeah he's an art car guy from houston so the five points museum has a lot of houston connections but it also i mean it's in an amazing building it's an old car dealership 
artists who are doing exhibitions there have to think about how to use this big, amazing window that kind of looks onto a pivotal point of Victoria's street system. Yeah, it, it's cool. It's a, And it's a 100% serious full-time museum uh, right in the middle of Victoria. It's also close enough for a day trip from Houston. So if you just have a summer day and you don't know what to do, hop in the car and go to Victoria. So not too far from Victoria, I'm trying to think, this is very similar to a trip that you and I took pretty recently, is Beeville. And there is a very charming museum called the Beeville Art Museum. Uh, right now there's a show up called Stories Without Words. It's works by Joe Lopez, and that's on view until July 21st. This is in a really beautiful old house. Yeah, again, a museum with a lot of Houston connections that's doing real exhibitions by real artists, but putting them kind of in an interesting context, because while this isn't only not a museum building, it's also not a space where you kind of expect to see art. So it has this really interesting engagement aspect of it it really kind of is like a house gallery. Yeah, it's a big old Victorian slash uh, craftsman uh, sort of house. It's uh, two or three stories. The rooms are, have beautiful proportions. Art shows very well there, uh, and they're doing a nice job of programming it. So we're hopping back over to the coast, and we're still going south, and we are going down to the Rockport Center for the Arts in Rockport, Texas. This is a museum that is near and dear to us. We love the people who run it. Uh, the original building was really destroyed by Hurricane Harvey a couple of years ago. They are rebuilding. They do have a temporary space. They're still having really good shows. They've been fundraising like crazy and doing very, very well. And they're actually going to get to build their own museum building, too, with this effort. Yeah, they're expanding their campus. They've got sculpture, outdoor sculpture on campus, and they're going to have a new building. Uh, coming up very soon, the first weekend in July, is the Rockport Arts Festival, which is kind of a big fundraiser that, that helps out the Rockport Center for the Arts and the Art, and, and as well as the town. And it's a big one. This is a very big arts festival. It takes place on uh, July 6th and 7th, I believe. And it's uh, as far as we know, it's meant to be one of the best times of year to be there. So we're going to go from Rockport. It's not even an hour's drive to get into Corpus Christi and the Art Museum of South Texas is in Corpus Christi. This is also kind of a cool 60s brutalist uh, structure. Um, they've got a good permanent collection. They've got a good show up right now though that we did put on a top five. It is, it's a show by Kent Olberg, a sculptor who has lived and worked in Corpus for about 40 years. This is, uh, I definitely recommend it. We saw some of his work last time we were there. They had not launched this show yet, but they were getting ready for it. And one of the reasons this museum might kind of be on your radar also is because they hold the estate of the artist Dorothy Hood. And we did a couple reviews and we shot a video there uh, back when they had a big retrospective, a museum-wide retrospective of Dorothy Hood's work. So if you're a fan of the painter Dorothy Hood, you can go down to Corpus Christi and see quite a few of her works on view in the museum, which is really great. Yeah, definitely recommend that. Um, so let's keep heading down into the valley. Now, so, there's quite a bit of work in the valley that is associated with um, the universities that function down there. 
But one museum that is independent of the universities is IMAS, the International Museum of Art and Science. It is in McAllen. And you recently wrote a review about an exhibition that they had there of these amazing beaded instruments. Yeah, that show, Symphony of Color, is still up, actually. Um, That is up through June 30th. If you go to Glass Tire, you can find that review in both English and in Spanish. If you get there after June 30th, that's okay. They have been um, kind of exploring new installations of their permanent collection, which is interesting. And there's other, there are other things there. There are dinosaur bones and interactive exhibits. It's an international museum of art and science. There's an older building. There's a newer building. Um, It's also very charming. And maybe last on our list right now in the tip of Texas is the Brownsville Museum of Art. We were actually at the Brownsville Museum of Art earlier this year and saw a really charming show of works by local high school and middle school students. And a lot of museums do that sort of exhibition uh, yearly, and this was this was for that particular region. But they also do have a permanent collection that they're playing with and um, figuring out how to get out there more of it on their walls more permanently. We got to see a little bit of that behind the scenes, what they've been collecting more recently. And one of the things also about going to these regional museums is you will see student shows and you will see work by local people who are not artists and probably wouldn't call themselves artists intermingled with the actual art. It's because a lot of these museums are essentially community centers for the communities that they serve. That's right. That's right. And uh, so expect that and leave room for that in your in your expectation. Um, I'm just going to do a really quick thing, Brandon, and I apologize for this, but we left out the Wichita oh, Falls no. Museum of Art, which is aff- affiliated with Midwestern State University. I was, it's not really a university gallery. It's just affiliated with Midwestern State. The Wichita Falls Museum is in also kind of one of these older 60s brutalist buildings that I like. They're known for um, hosting an, a, a birds and painting invitational that happens every couple of years, which is actually a very cool show. But another reason to stop in, even possibly this summer, is um, there's a show by Frank Golke, a portfolio, 40 of his black and white photographs of a, the devastation of a 1979 Wichita Falls tornado. Um, he photographed it right after the tornado, and then he photographed it again um, a year later. And I've seen that portfolio. I think it's permanently up at the museum and it's very cool it's quite frightening but they're really really striking photos and that's our museum romp across texas of course we have to say there are lots of very small regional city courthouse etc kinds of museums that we have not included in this list and no ill will is meant to any of those, but these are just a small smattering of the places you can visit while you drive in and out and across Texas this summer. So just in case also you want to go on a big Texas-wide museum road trip to all of these places that we've mentioned, we will in this post below on Glass Tire include a map linking all of these museums together, which will probably be hours upon hours, if not days of driving. Good luck, drivers. Good luck and go see some art. Go see some art. 